Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of uh, Leading Mindset with Ali Payani. Uh, we are very really glad to have Tom McMoran today. He is a CEO of CMDX and the best-selling author of uh, Seven Disruptions, The Rise of the Digital Currency Trillion. Um, and this program brought to you by Looking LA, a full-service data-driven marketing agency based in Burbank. Hello, Tom. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Great. So we're going to talk about of the, a lot uh, about your entrepreneurial journey. And um, also, I'm sure that it, many people want to learn more about the cryptocurrency, how to use it, and also how to leverage it in business. And uh, so let's start with, tell us more about your entrepreneurial journey. How did it all start well, it started cutting grass in probably seventh grade. I had a lawn business and uh, recognized that uh, I could go out and make an hourly wage. And then I figured out I could hire people and, and pay them an hourly wage and make even more money. And so just being an entrepreneur was in my blood. Uh, I don't think I've worked for anybody for more than six months in my life. So I've been pretty much mm -hmm. successfully unemployed uh, all of my life, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur. But I, uh, I just early on, you know, my dad, uh, we would listen to Brian Tracy tapes and Tom Hopkins tapes and uh, tapes. That was a while ago and uh, cassette tapes. But uh, we had probably the whole Nightingale Conant series of tapes and we used to listen to them all the time. And I, I don't know if some of it just got in me, but uh, I went to my first uh, Amway meeting, not Amway meeting, it was an NSA meeting. National Safety Associates when I was, uh, man, that was the water filter company. I think I was 17 or just getting ready to turn 18. And that's kind of when I got into the business world of recruiting and network marketing and building big teams. All right, great. Uh, let, let's tell me what is the CMDX and uh, what really was the inspiration behind it? Well, CMDX, I, uh, I've been involved in crypto since 2011, so I was there very early on. Um, and so I, I knew that not only did I want to invest in it, but I wanted to create a solution with blockchain technology. And I heard that Don Tapscott, he wrote the book, The Blockchain Revolution. And Don said that this technology has the potential to lift more people out of poverty than any technology in history. And right. that just kind of got inside of me. And I started thinking about, well, how can I do that? You know, what it's, and, and you know, as an entrepreneur, the first thing you do is you, you try and identify major problems that need help and you create solutions to satisfy them. So that's really what CMDX was. Uh, and it's actually a really simple business model. It's a rewards organization. Uh, it's a membership. People join and then we reward them with cryptocurrency for, uh, you know, for healthy lifestyles, for health and business related activities. And so kind of like if you were an, an American association of, of retired people, if they all of a sudden created their own cryptocurrency and said, hey, we're gonna reward you for buying this insurance policy, or maybe Delta Airlines comes out with frequent flyer miles, but they make them cryptocurrency based and they say, hey, fly with us and we'll give you Delta cryptocurrency miles, you know? So it was kind of that whole idea of, of creating a way to incentivize people to live a healthier lifestyle and to really help lift people out of poverty. And it started in the United States, but it migrated very quickly over to Africa and uh, over to which, you know, Nigeria is the number one adoption country in the world for cryptocurrency. And then we went to Philippines and India and it just started really evolving in the emerging growth markets. And I saw 
a girl put up a post one day. She said, I want to thank, you know, CMDX for, you know, being able to buy my first stove so I can boil water. And I was like, wow, she made enough money to buy a stove to boil water. Now she has clean water. And we started seeing more stories like that. And I realized that there was a cryptocurrency while it is really great for the unbanked. I mean, if you have a smartphone, you're basically your own bank. Uh, you just have to be able to figure out how to send and receive and how to acquire cryptocurrency and you can be in business. And so we built a platform around that. I wanted to build a platform. It started, the whole idea was we're going to build the world's largest healthcare marketplace that accepts cryptocurrency, kind of had that Amazon-esque Jeff Bezos kind of moment. And then I said, you know yeah. what? It's more than that. It's a platform where people can log in, they can learn, uh, they can share, and they can earn. And so we tied in that, that element of the network marketing that's been a part of my life. We don't really put that on the forefront. But the idea with CMDX is we just want you to be able to get wealthy, getting healthy. And I guess in hindsight, knowing what you know now, if I approached you with a company like this in 2009, and I said, Ali, you could make $25 a month in Bitcoin exercising. You know, if you mm -hmm. would have done that in 2009, one month of exercising would have made you a multimillionaire. Just one right. month. And so, you know, I'm hoping people see that with CMDX is that we kind of call ourselves the Bitcoin of healthcare because it's it's built on the same type of technology. It's built on blockchain. It's a I, I and I tell people I think we're better than Bitcoin because we just don't have a finite supply of tokens. We have a finite decreasing supply of tokens because we burn tokens that are used for certain functions in our company. So uh, instead of just having a fixed 21 million like Bitcoin does, our token actually will every Monday, it will reduce the supply. And we call that having programmat programmatic scarcity built into the token. But that was really inspiration. I knew I wanted to be in the space. And I think I identified the largest problem that there is in the world. And that is poor health, fast food, obesity, huh. people being overweight, uh, peeping, people being malnutritioned. And the second problem is, uh, obviously, with this pandemic stuff that's going on, a lot more people are working from home, and this gives us the ability for people to work from home. So I'm doing three webinars a week and sharing the CMDX message, and uh, we've had over 370,000 registered members that have plugged into our system, and they're sharing CMDX around the world. And definitely during the pandemic, people became more familiar with the cryptocurrency and kind of like they adopting. Did. Yeah, they had lots and, uh, of time to study, yeah. Our business yeah. boomed. I mean, I, I thought it, I was very concerned because I was like, uh oh, this could really hurt our business. And man, our business just took off immediately. Yeah. So what do you think would be a future? The future like of in, uh, crypto or future of CMDX or CMDX? I mean, and generally like cryptocurrency in healthcare. I mean, that because that would be really interesting, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, well, CMDX is, you know, if you look at our logo, C stands for cryptocurrency, MD is the most recognized letters, and, and of course, healthcare, MD, and then X is that interchange of sick care to healthcare. And I think if we can just get people educated on having a better diet, in some countries, they just need to make more money so they can eat better. Um, they mm -hmm. want to put some protein on the table, you know, and so I think it's it's about educating people on, on that. But I, I think we can make a pretty significant impact globally of not only lifting people out of poverty, but getting people in better shape, helping them with longevity. That'll probably be something that we, we move into is, is life longevity. Um, I'm, I'm real tied into Peter Diamandis and his organization. Um, I'm all about that. So I, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's getting people to a point where we become the number one health cryptocurrency in the world. 
uh, whether it's the health cryptocurrency or health rewards cryptocurrency. Uh, but we're uh, we're just committed to doing what kind of Jeff Bezos did. We're signing up members every day. We're we're constantly evolving our system to make it easier to share, to make it more viral. And those members, some of those members convert into paid members. Some of those paid members convert into our Britney subscriptions. And it's just, it's a process. So we're, we're focused like Jeff was. We're focused on basically signing up as many free members around the world as we can right now. All right. Uh, tell us about the miracle strategy. I read it online uh, mm -hmm. that you have as a strategy. And it was yeah, really, well, that's really a, fascinating. That, that has yeah. a story that leads up to it. Uh, during the 90s, I raised about $100 million and uh, paid for it for about 87 months of my life uh, with the federal federal government. I had a nice battle with them, and I lost. And I had some what I call an incarsa sabbatical uh, for about a total of five years. And mm -hmm. But I used the time wisely. I read 450 books, and a miracle came up uh, the night before I went in for sentencing because I had fought my case so hard, the, the prosecutor finally said, you know what, I'm not even going to offer you a plea. You're going in there 25 years to life, and whatever the judge gives you, gives you. And, you know, Ali, at that point, you realize that you've been beat, and you pretty much just lay down on the floor and you pray. And uh, I just, I said, I said, if I come out of here, I'm going to create miracles. I'm going to have a miracle strategy. I'm going to come out of here a better man. And I did. I, uh, I, I've read 450 books, and I started noticing a theme in all of the books. I started looking for kind of that golden thread of, of, of strategies or tactics that would help me become successful. And the first one was, of course, M is mentoring. Uh, you got to have a map. And every one of my success tactics has a mnemonic with it. It has a, a little memory icon with it. So if you're going on a journey, you need a map. And that map stands for a mentor advisory panel. Uh, mm -hmm. And these are people that you can call anytime and say, you know, I run into an issue with my marketing. Ali, could you help me out? What am I doing wrong here? Or what do I need to do? Or who, who do I need to hire? Uh, so you, you got to have a, a great mentor. Um, I is inner awareness. I, I think most people lie to themselves. And I'll, a funny story about my sentencing, the judge, after I read off my five-page diatribe that I thought for sure was going to get me off and he was going to let me go. And <laughs> he said, you know what your problem is, Mr. McMurrin? He says, you've been breathing too much of your own exhaust. And hmm. I think a lot of times we breathe of too much of our own exhaust. And if it's ignorant exhaust, it tends to get us in trouble or it puts us in a prison. And, and that's, I usually start my talk by saying, you know, you don't really have to go to prison to be in prison. You could be in a prison of abuse, prison of addiction, prison of, of, of obesity. There's lots of prisons you can go to. Uh, sometimes, sometimes the ones that are self-inflicted are the worst. You know, because you right. can't see yourself getting out. If you're in real prison, you know why you're there. You know, you, you mm -hmm. probably got it. It's, it's on a document. They, they got that figured out for you. But uh, I, as inner awareness, I just think that the more aware you are of your strengths and your, your weaknesses, the, the better off you're going to be moving forward. And, and you'll be less likely to get in trouble and doing things wrong. Uh, our, so inner awareness is a compass when you think of the memory icon. So we got a map and we got a compass. R is re-engage your purpose or your passion. Um, I'm sure you, I, I remember talking about your podcast and, and how passionate you were about, you know, working your podcast and, and meeting with entrepreneurs. Uh, I just did a podcast with Brad Lee with dropping bombs and he's the same way. He just loves interviewing people because he learns from every single session that he's in. 
But sure. being passionate about what you're doing and, and, you know, like with CMDX, it turned into a ministry for me. It turned into a mission. It, it was really never. Now it's not about what are my numbers every month. Of course, I pay attention to those. But it's like, how many people did I impact in a positive way? How many did, did we create any of those success stories that were posted online? Those are what those are what mattered me to the most. So reengaging your passion is very important. You know, on a boat, you got three gears. You got forward, you got neutral and you got reverse. So the question I would have on that memory icon is what year are you in? You know, are you some people are in reverse, you know, they're in a dead end job, they're overweight, you know, they're, you know, they're, you just got to say, am I in neutral? You know, am I at that point where I, or are your, your knuckles bloody from slamming the, you know, the, the pedal down and, and saying I'm in forward, I'm Mach 3 with my hair on fire. So reengaging your purpose memory icon, of course, is the gear shift. The A is attitude determines your magnitude. Uh, a is is so important. I don't watch scary movies. Mean, we were watching a movie last night, and there was somebody getting stabbed in the stomach, and they showed it up. I can't even watch it. Mm. I don't even like watching that stuff. I mean, I'm very protective about what goes in my eyes, my ears, my mouth. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that, as, as they say, your input determines your output. You know, so, you know, it's, it, I think it's important that attitude determines your magnitude. What are you listening to every day? I listen to an hour podcast every day. And do you know that's the equivalent of getting a college education every year? And that's very important. Uh, if you read a chapter a day, you're reading 33 books a year on average. And that's what I do. I, I'm an avid reader and I'm an avid, avid you know, podcast listener. And it changed, it's changed my life as an entrepreneur. Actually, it's one of the key attributes I credit to being an entrepreneur is you've got to be ingesting knowledge all the time. Okay. So that's attitude determines your magnitude. We know that's the gas throttle. When you think about the, you, you got the gear shift on a boat, you got a gas throttle. So that's your other. So you got to make sure your hand is on that gas throttle, but you also got to make sure there's good gas in your tank. You know, you got to make sure you got high quality, high test gas in your tank. And so I, I just, don't, I don't listen to violent rap stuff. I don't listen to, I don't, I don't like excessive cussing. You know, I'm just, I'm like, I just don't need that in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, I want this super computer. This thing is, this thing is when, when I learned about AI for my company, I realized that this is AI, this is machine learning right here. We actually right. have it between our ears. I was so fascinated by it, and I started looking at it, and I said, you know what? <laughs> That's no different than, than, than natural intelligence and, and human learning. Uh, forget AI and ML. You know, I got, I, got, I got something even better than that. So attitude is very, very important, and I just I encourage everybody, pay attention to what you're putting in your body, what you're listening to who you're looking at, what you're looking at, because all that can affect you in a bad way. Um, C is create consciously. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, I'm sure you've met people that create unconsciously. They're just, <laughs> they don't know they don't know. They're just going through life in an ignorant state. And so I, I always say that, you know, if I were to ask somebody, you know, what are you building? Why are you building it? Drive them down on the five whys because I want to make sure I want to know all those whys. You know, I want to make sure you are clear on why you're building your your marketing agency, your advertising agency. You know, and it's not just to get your your bills met every month. You know, there's a lot more to it than that. Exactly. Okay. And so, creating consciously is important. And when you think about creating consciously, uh, you, you know, you think about having your hand on the helm, on the steering wheel. So, creating consciously, the memory icon is the helm. Some of us are letting other people drive our boats, and that's not a good idea unless you trust them and you, you're confident that's the person you want driving your boat. But it's very important for you to keep the hand on the wheel. Uh, and then L is leverage time, technology, and talent. It's what we're doing right now. 
thousands of people will, tens of thousands of people will see this. You know, we're going to do this webcast. I'm going to send it out to my 70,000 person list with a drop of a button. I'm going to put it in Hootsuite and I'm going to put it out to 20 different social media channels that have over 100,000 followers. We know how to leverage that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I think it's important when you leverage time, technology and talent, probably one of my favorite books I ever read was Four Hour Workweek, one of the top favorites with Tim Ferriss. You know, I learned how to use outsourcing. I, I, I learned how to use Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for probably a decade. Ever since it's been around, I've been using it. Uh, mm -hmm. Code Mentor, Upwork, I use all of them. Uh, but I'm real big on, on using leverage in everything I do. And when you think about a boat, uh, you think the engine provides leverage, the rudder provides leverage, uh, the crew provides leverage. So you've got a crew around you. I met Madison earlier. So that's part of your crew. You know, you, you have GPS, you have electronic equipment, you've got podcasting equipment. I mean, you get leverage. You're, you're doing it in a very big way. And yeah. then, you know, so when we think about leverage, we think of, of really just all the crew and the GPS and all the tools that are on the boat that are going to help you get to that journey, that destination that you want to get to. And the last one is envision it and own it. Uh, you know, I, I, I tell, tell people, you know what the difference between owning your world and leasing your world is owning. It means it's yours. Leasing. It means it's somebody else's. Right. And I see a lot of people leasing their life. They're leasing their diets. They're leasing their cars. They're leasing their careers. They're leasing everything. And so that's my miracle strategy. And of course we got, got to finish up with E people. I forgot it on when I was on Brad's webinar and somebody commented about it, but E is the, uh, the telescope. Of course, you need to be able to see into the future. And the beautiful thing about what's in between our ears is we have the ability to create what has not been seen yet. We have the ability to create what has not been created yet. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say, you know, as, as, as creators, we are creators. We have the ability to create miracles. And uh, you could find a client that has a product that ends up changing millions of people's lives like penicillin did. But you are the marketing agency that figured out the viral campaign that got it out to everybody. That's creating miracles in me, you know, if it, if it impacts, you know, people in a positive way, I'm all for it. So, but that's the miracle strategy. It's a, it's a strategy and I've got a, a book coming out called, uh, learning to shave without a mirror. And it's 10 yeah. of my favorite quotes that changed my life. And the miracle, uh, will be a series of companion books. So there'll be seven companion books that come along with that. So if you're stuck and you're failing or you're not breaking through to the next level, you can look at those seven books and say, okay, what one of these tactics might help me get to the next level? Is it leverage? Is it miracles? Does my attitude suck? You know, am I not creating consciously? Do I need to do a, a mastermind group? What do I need to do? You know, I need to open up my mind. Do I need to read more? Is my inner awareness off? You know, am I not passionate about what I'm doing? So, uh, and, and you're broken open a can of worms. I can go on for an hour, two hours. So I better stop. I know. So my experience <laughs> is like, uh, really to, you have to have kind of the miracle strategy and maybe many more other skills, you know, to be an entrepreneur. What do you think would be for an entrepreneur, if they can learn miracle strategy, or is it like someone who has it, you know, so they know it, but they have to yeah. just practice it they, or maintain they, that they, skills. They can learn it. They can learn it. And I'll tell you a great place to start. There was a book called Pour Your Heart Into It by Howard Schultz, I think it is, from the founder of Starbucks Coffee, I think is his name. Um, that one clearly laid out. If you know what the miracle strategy is, you can actually see how he applied it through his growth process. 
mm-hmm. you know, but, but finding mentors. I mean, if you know you want to go create or become a real estate agent, go find a mentor. Uh, go find a top real estate agent and say, what, what are the five most important things? What you have to be good at is creating solid questions. And that's actually a quote in one of my book. In my book is until you start asking the right questions, you'll continue to get the wrong answers. But I think there's a real art as an entrepreneur to say, okay, I'm starting with a blank slate. I need to understand this aspect of my business. You got to come up with good questions for your mentors. And that's where you're probably going to start. And they're going to look at you and say, you know, you don't have enough experience in this space. You probably ought to go work for an ad agency for a few years so you understand what you're actually doing and gain some skills. And then you can kind of see if that's where you want to go. But no, I, I think the miracle tactics can be employed by anybody that wants to change their life. But, you know, it's got to come along with some knowledge. It's got to come along with some experience. But, yeah, I I think entrepreneurs, uh, there are some people that are risk takers. I'm a risk taker, you know, and entrepreneurs are are genuinely risk takers. We take on huge responsibility. We take on payrolls. We take on, I mean, I don't know. If ever had a company that failed, I had a company fail with 175 employees and I was responsible for their paychecks. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a horrible experience. Um, but we also have to be able to tolerate a lot of bullshit, too. I mean, we got to we because we're, we're at the very top and we see everything. So um, but no, I, I think anybody can be an entrepreneur. They just what prevents people from being entrepreneurs is fear and fear is rooted in ignorance. And if you've got ignorance, it just means you haven't read enough about it. Uh, I am an avid sailor, and I've watched just about every sailing channel on YouTube that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel fairly confident when I get on a boat, even though I'm not an expert sailor. I've seen enough to know I could, I could, I, I feel confident I could take a boat out on my own now, even mm-hmm. without formal instructions. You know, just from all the char- charters that I've done, things like that. So it really just takes that courage to go out there and do it. I mean, to pull a pull a boat away from a dock is takes courage. And like when, when we're talking about the fear or risks, you know, so I, I would say like, true, that's kind of like a, maybe the first step to be an entrepreneur, to really be able to take those risks and kind of manage the fears that comes along. So how, how do you manage that? Kind of knowledge, uh, knowing that you're going to fail, just accepting that you're going to fail and realizing mm-hmm. it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up. Uh, it's okay to fail. I think that's another realization you have to make. I, I, I have seen people that just are petri- mortified of fear of failing. And I'm like, come on, you know, I, I've probably had more companies that have failed than I've had ones that have succeeded, but I've learned from every single one of them, you know, and it's not, True. it's not a bad thing. I've seen, you know, several network marketing companies I've built huge organizations with went under. I learned from each one to know how to vet the next company I want to build a team for, you know, uh, but it's just, yeah, fear, like I said, it's rooted in ignorance. And I, I think, uh, it was Malcolm Gladwell's book. Was it Malcolm Gladwell? He talked about in outliers. He talked about gaining that 10,000 hours of yeah. experience and whatever you want to do. That's 40 hours a week, uh, you know, 50 hours, of uh, 50 weeks a year for five years. And at that point you should have enough knowledge. Now, what's five years, man. I mean, to go build a core knowledge, to be able to go off on your own. Mm-hmm. If I want to get into the advertising agency, I can work for you for five years and I, I let you know, hey, I'm, I'm learning everything. I'm going to build up your business, but there's going to be a day I want to go do it on my own. And you're going to be the first one I talk to about get, putting investment into my company so you can be a partner in it. You know, mm-hmm. sure. I'll do it on the other side of Burbank. I won't do it right in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think that's the that's the big thing of being an entrepreneur is you really got to 
you got to read a lot about what you want to do and, and really get some real world experience on it. And that may mean not doing it on your own. That may mean working under a mentor first. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be if you want to be a veterinarian or you wanted to board horses or whatever, I would go work for somebody who does it first and say, is this really what I want to do? Well, I, I met a few people that uh, want to know what's your take on this, that they wanted to really become an entrepreneur or like have their own business, but they kind of um, don't want it to talk to a mentor, you know, or they don't want it to make that uh, kind of step to make that changes themselves mm -hmm. first. So maybe they don't believe in uh, mentorship or many other skills that we know as an entrepreneur that is required. You know, you need this to know it. You know, you have yeah. to, you have to read, you have to learn every day to know like what should you do going to do in like two weeks or six months. So they might not want it to really take that, uh, you know, steps and still they are spending tons of time on becoming an entrepreneur or maybe wasting money. Or, you know, if, even if you tell them that it's better for you to go and work for two years in that industry, so you become an expert and maybe they don't do it. So what do you think they should do? So that's kind of like something I get a lot, a lot, you know, from seeing the prospects coming or talking to the, some business trying to become an entrepreneur, but I see this, these are the flaws, you know, and then when you're, kind of uh, face them into, hey, now you need like a mentorship. They still like, yeah, no, I, I don't need a mentorship. Again, I, I would read a three or four core books on the subject. You know, I would, I would gain some knowledge and, uh, and I would work for somebody. Again, it's mentors. It sounds like those people have a, a problem with their inner awareness. They don't realize what their strengths are. They may be great entrepreneurs, but they were told, you know, like in the four agreements, the four agreements says tear up those contracts. Your, your dad told mm -hmm. you you'd never be an entrepreneur and you have to work for somebody else the rest of your life. Tear up that contract and, and realize that, you, you know, your, your past doesn't, doesn't dictate your future. But uh, one of the quotes that I think you'll really enjoy that's in my, my new book that's going to be coming out, it says, until your dreams are bigger than your excuses, uh, or I'm sorry, until your dreams are bigger than your excuses, you will live an excuse of a life. But when your dreams are bigger than your excuses, you'll live a dream of a life. And True. I think a lot of people make internal excuses because they're not pursuing, you know, like they see their, their, their friend, uh, being running a lawn business, you know, but they don't, they, they'd never have the courage to go do it. And again, if they went and worked for it, they'd know the reality of it. They could go, I could do this. And it's no different than, you know, looking at it, if you've never ridden a bike before and you look at a, a, a kid the same size as you that's riding a bike, you actually believe you can do it, but you have fear because you've never ridden one. Okay. But the minute you get on one, you get some scars. I got a scar on my chin. I got a few on my elbows from, from bike accidents. Once mm. you get some scars uh, there, you could not ride a bike for five years. Like when I was down for five years, if, if I, if the warden came to me and said, you can leave today, if you can ride a bike away from here, I know, I know how to do it. I know how to ride a bike. And mm -hmm. I think that's true. When you built a multimillion dollar company, you know, you can go build another one, even if you fail, you know, exactly. and that's, that's the, that's a big thing that I think is very important. How do you define success? That's kind of like one of my favorite questions. Yeah, it's a great question. And, and, and I, I like the word enriched, not uh, wealthy, hmm. not rich. Uh, success to me is when you've, when you've, when you've accomplished the goals, like when I do my goal setting, I start with a dream statement first, and then I hmm. reverse engineer it. I break it down to t that, that year, that 
uh, that dream statement one year from now, where am I going to be? I break it down into 10 goals and I quantify those goals. And then each goal has tasks. And I learned that from Mentored by a Millionaire by Stephen Scott. It's a great goal setting. It's very easy for everybody to do, but it allows you to realize the things that you need to do to, to achieve something. But at the end of the day, I think success is knowing that you can, number one, set goals and you have the ability to achieve them. Uh, and you have the ability to give back. I, I think success is knowing you're a creator. Uh, success is realizing that you have one of the most powerful supercomputers between your brain and you could fix any problem you set your mind to. Uh, you, you know, so success obviously doesn't revolve around money, but it does revolve around having the resources that mm. you need to be able to help others or to impact this world in a very positive way. And but success is different for everybody. You know, some people like to be a billionaire. Some people think it's a Lambo, you know, uh, some just say, Hey, I just, I want to not have to ever worry about uh, my bills ever being paid again. Um, so, you know, when you do define that success, my, mine, mine is, uh, I, yeah, I got a dollar amount on how much I want to earn when I can say, Hey, at 55, I'm, I'm kicking off. I'm done here. I want to go sail the world. Uh, I think it's success is just, it's a never ending journey. It's always what's the next successful thing I'm going to be focused on. So, but yeah, no, no real concrete definition. I, I just think that it's, uh, it's whatever makes you happy, you know, and, and, and yeah. gives you the ability to make others happy around you. But if you're a miserable person and you work 60 hours a week or 80 hours a week and you make billions of dollars and everybody hates you, and you're not happy. You, you, yeah. You're not happy and you, you don't have your health. You don't have success, but yeah. definitely I would say having health is, is extremely important. So, because without your health, you don't have any wealth. True. All right. This is one of my, uh, I think really best conversation I had. And I wish we could have a time, you know, to go on for like next two hours. Uh, but definitely we're going to have you on the show again in the future. And I would love to talk to you more. Uh, tell us how people can learn more about CMDX or join, or even if they wanted to contact you. So what are those channels? Sure. They can go to cmdx.io. Uh, I'm reachable on Twitter at Thomas McMurrin at Thomas McMurrin. I'm reachable on coin lifestyle at coin lifestyle on Twitter as well. Uh, or they can send an email to Tom at cmdx.io. And um, I'm, I have a public profile on Facebook. I'm not much of an Instagram person, so I'm kind of leaning in that direction. I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty easy. Just do Tom at cmdx.io if they have more questions and want to learn more. Uh, certainly, we'll be able to help them. And your book? The book, uh, so that will come out on my third year anniversary of my company, and that's uh, Learning to Shave Without a Mirror. The seventh disruption, the revised version, the first one I wrote in 2015 when Bitcoin was $3 and, or $321, and I think Ethereum was $1.38, and that was the rise of the digital currency billionaire. This mm -hmm. new revised version, I'm adding six chapters to it, and I'm going to be releasing that at the Rotosa Family Office event in Dubai next week, um, actually on the 13th, I think it is, and 12th to the 14th at that event. So we'll be there in front of 400 of the biggest family offices in the world, and we'll be releasing the book there. So uh, it will be on Amazon as well, and it's called The Seventh Disruption, The Rise of the Digital Currency Trillionaire. We've already mm -hmm. made billionaires in crypto, uh, and maybe that should be our next talk when we get together. We'll talk about why crypto is such a disruption, because that's an hour conversation in itself. Sure, sure. And we're going to add all the links uh, to the description of the uh, YouTube and wherever that we are posting the podcast. So 
whoever listening or watching us now, so you can go down and look at the descriptions and get the other links you want. All right. Thank you for uh, joining me on the show. And awesome. Really great my, talk. Uh, my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Take care and good luck.